Hello, this is Jeff from the future. This episode was recorded in 2020 as part of an original attempt at a music review podcast. The original idea was to discuss new music as it was being released, but 2020 being what it was, brought quite a few album postponements and other complications. So this series continued through 2020 and into 2021. We are now here in 2022 at the time I am recording this. So what you are about to listen to is not the Sound Judgment podcast, but an early iteration. Also, being that it was recorded more than two years ago now, some of our thoughts and opinions may have changed, considering that we are, in fact, people who are continuously trying to learn and better ourselves. Enjoy the show. You know how I've talked about in the past my my car will like show a picture for like the artist? I played Wolf the other day in the car, and it showed me a picture of Howlin' Wolf, and I was like, man, people just do not know about his power metal years enough. <laughs> there was a Tumblr post that's, like, frequently in those, like, best of Tumblr compilations of um someone making fun of iTunes for being really bad at, like, shuffling album art and using random pictures as album art. Yeah. So I think it was... It was a Taylor Swift song, I think. And someone said, so iTunes just threw this up there as if I wouldn't notice. So it's this Taylor Swift album, I think. But it's a picture of Chica from the Five Nights at Freddy's series. <laughs> like, instead of actual album art, it's this random picture of Chica. I love that. Have you never seen this? No. Oh, that makes me so but, sad. But I'm, I'm really glad that you helped me with that transition because you know what I didn't love about 2020? What didn't you love about 2020? About that, a lot of things. But... Is that I had to make a playlist called God Damn It Taylor Swift Shut the Fuck Up. <laughs> Did you really? What? Yeah, because she put out two two albums and a live uh, I album. Guess that's, I guess that's true. Yep. Hey, you know what? For her fans, that is pretty awesome, though. They're doing great. Did you listen to the second one? I did not. Um, I I did not. I'm going to be honest. I only gave it one listen. I, I put it on one time to see how I felt about it while I was playing Raft. And I think I like it better than the first one, but I also didn't analyze it at all. Okay, so like you think if you put too much thought into this, it might suddenly no longer be... Um, I might not it might like not it as be much, your favorite. No. Yeah. Understandable. <clears throat> but to quote track five, at least the title... I could tolerate it. Is that really the name of the song? Yeah, it's something about, like, you don't love our relationship, you just tolerate it, or something like that. <laughs> it's the oh, same good. shit. All it's right. the same shit, but, like, that's, you know what? Well, that's what she does. That's what she you does. Know what? She does it, that's what, and she does it well. I'm yeah. not, I, I can't fault her for that. It's fine. Um... um Alright, so what are we doing? So what we're doing is, I figured, uh, since we kind of halfway through the year stopped doing our, like, roundup of other things that we're listening to, and then, like, near the end of the year just stopped doing reviews altogether, we could discuss some of the other things that we listened to this year that we didn't talk about on the show. And I, I know we didn't all listen, to, both listen to all the same albums, but just kind of say, hey, here's something I thought you would dig, or here's something I dug. Or here's something yeah. that you should avoid, like the fucking plague. Okay, yeah, just like a handful of the other albums that came out last year that we didn't get around to discussing because, at least in my case, because I just don't really have enough to say about them individually. Exactly, yeah. 
like not let's face it not every album is actually worth talking about for even even more than maybe 10 minutes exactly i don't have a whole lot to say about some of these but they're still albums that i listen to so yeah and some of them are you know worth pointing out the uh the good parts of yeah absolutely all right so where do you want to start go ahead well, uh, it was a very weird year. I thought it was very strange when Swedish doom metal band Witchcraft put out the album Black Metal, which was actually all atmospheric acoustic music. I swear I saw death standing in my heart Casting her black shadow on my white Kind of... Wait, wait, hold on. Say that again. Swedish doom, doom metal, metal band, band Witchcraft put out the album Black Metal, which is all atmospheric, just guitar and vocal, folky acoustic music. That's the kind of year we're dealing with here. I love this. It's actually not too bad. That also, that also kind of sounds like something I might have to listen to. I'm not going to lie. That it's, sounds you know, at least just like interesting enough in concept that I might have to... I might have to give that a shot. A couple years ago, I made a doom metal mix for you, and Witchcraft was one of the bands I threw on them. So I, they are a band that I, I do think is pretty good, but uh, I uh, I thought it was really fun that they put out this this just a guitar and vocal uh, album called Black Metal. The Yeah, I kind of love it. I kind of love it. So, there's also a few things that I just wanted to like give a nod, even if it didn't deserve a full discussion. Like, a uh, band, uh, I believe it's pronounced Chemis, K-H-E-M-M-I-S. Uh, they're a band I okay. think you might be interested in. They're kind of like a, one of those epic doom bands. Um, and they didn't really put out an album that was worth discussing, they, but they put out a couple EPs uh, with a bunch of cover songs. And Rainbow in the Dark is a lot of fun, and Down in a Hole is a lot of fun, but I really need you to hear what they did with Skulls by the Misfits. Oh, no. Oh, you okay, really need to hear uh, K-H-E-M-M-I-S skulls and just kind of poke around and listen to how big they made like the final it's so dramatic and epic and by the end he's like doing screaming like i want your skulls in falsetto there's twin leads there's black metal backing vocals skulls has peaked and no one needs to play it again man okay so yeah so near the end he's like wailing and he's kind of buried in the mix yeah a little and bit it's, like it's but like it's kind of like it's not, like it's I, intentional it, yeah it's it, obviously like they're not going for they didn't want this to be front and center it's it's, it's like really a backing cool vocal sounding, it's though. so cool man i love what you can do with uh with a with a punk song when you really try to be an idiot with it well so i mean that works so well because there's so little musical information so there's a lot of gaps you can fill in yeah yeah man that okay this is this is pretty wild this is pretty cool it's a cool song i thought you dig that one um i also made a note about you know some of the singles we could talk about our pal puddles who never fucking stopped after our last discussion but he did a style <laughs> cover of royals and i'm really mad about him 
So I'm just going to move on to the fact that how did you like that system of a down single? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait, you, you can't... Wait, no, we're, we need to go back to Puddles he for did, a second here. He did a bunch of different style covers of Royals. I mean, I know, like, like Royals by Lord, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because he did a version... Oh, wow, I'll say, because he did a version of Royals years ago with well, uh, Postmodern Jukebox. that was one of the things that made him, that made him popular. I, but he yeah, also did, if you know... look, Royals reggae style. Yep, I yeah. see that now. Um... I was unaware of these, and I also don't know if I know this. That sounds... I don't know. Royals New Wave might be fun. Uh, I'm not going to listen to it now, but that might be fun. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but Puddles, you're very correct, did not stop. Um, and I wasn't hugely impressed with much else. But hey, it's fun. Anyway, you were you were continuing on. What were you saying? Uh, the new system of a down single. How'd you feel about that one? Didn't they release two? I'm I'm saying like one single, but it was yeah, two songs in A side and B side. Oh, okay. I'll say they released two songs, right? Yeah. Um, I really remember liking. Hold on, I forget what they're called now. Is the problem? Oh, okay. I really liked protect the protect the land. Yeah. I think that was like the okay, stronger so again, of the two both tracks. Both. Yeah, but both of them in general, I think, were like a really interesting and strong comeback for yes. you know not exi- existing as a band for for a hot minute here. Absolutely. So they kind of come out of nowhere with two ultimately pretty strong songs. Mm-hmm. But no, Protect the Land, I think, is like a genuine, come on, release an album and this can be your lead because it deserves it. It's it's so good. Um, we got new Sky Hill. We did get new Sky Hill. Um, I'm not floored by it, but like, I'm not going to complain. I'm fine with it. I'd, I'd be thrilled if they, uh, you know, continued at least putting out singles. Uh, and we got a, new, a little new Slothbeck at the end of the year that made me a little happy. Um, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, we got... we got They did what they did when they um, announced the last album, which was like a new song demo and a cover song. Okay. Uh, instead of releasing them as a single, uh, they put them on like a compilation that went to, I think, benefit underground bands during COVID. Oh, okay. So it was a bunch of like... A bunch of... I think local bands from their area, um, they did they did a St. Vitus cover, and they did a new song called Cannons, which I think I did send to you as uh, their pirate metal now or something like that, but it's actually, like, it's not metal. It's, the, it's a very slow, quiet song. Okay. I vaguely remember a conversation about this. Do you have a few that you want to throw out before I continue? I... Sorry, I was going to you. I don't have any like singles I was going to mention. I have a couple oh, okay. albums that I was going to like do a quick rundown okay. through. But well, I brought up System of a Down. And speaking of bands that we don't see much any of anymore, uh, this year we were blessed with an incredibly rare Heathen album with Empire of the Blind. Uh, they literally release about one album per decade. Uh, they've existed since 1984, and this is their fourth album. Uh, like if you ignore a few EPs and cover albums. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. yeah. And it was really good. The The production That's... was a little flat, and, and David Godfrey is showing his age a little bit. He used to be, you know, I don't know if you've heard the old Heathen stuff, but it was very uh, high I... range. And he sounds a little like David Draymond, yeah. which is not an insult on this album. But, um, I mean, it's also worth mentioning that he's not even a full-time vocalist anymore, and I'm, like, not mad that, like, this swim instructor's, you know, doing good on this album. Yeah, I, I think we did have a conversation, obviously, off the, off the podcast about that, about him. Because I remember, um... I do remember looking up, like, a couple songs to compare the difference between, you know, 40 years worth of four albums. I, I remember a conversation about this a little bit ago. Yeah. 
Not to be outdone, veteran thrash metal band Death Angel, who I've compared to Overkill, uh, known for such albums as The Ultraviolence and The Dream Calls for Blood, they put out uh, an acoustic EP featuring a cover of Under Pressure. That's okay. It's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends screaming, let me out. Wait tomorrow, it's me high, high. Pressure on What is this? Why? I told you, it's Why? a fucking weird year. This this was a weird year. Yeah, that's... that's um. I would say, uh, for a acoustic interpretation of a song that I kind of joke about a lot, but I'm not in love with, like, it's fine. It's, it's better than I expected. Alright. Uh, another right. band we don't see enough of is Mr. Bungle, who re-recorded uh, The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. They, they, uh, they certainly are weird. They're very they weird. Certainly, they certainly they, are a group it's, that it's a, exists. It's a bold move to re-record a demo that you put out as, as teenagers, but this time with Scott Ian of Anthrax and Dave Lombardo of Slayer. <laughs> They did, like, this live in quarantine show with, like, a little documentary beforehand, and they have Scott Ian talking about, like, hearing the original demo on the tape trading scene in the 80s. Oh, it's God, very, okay, interesting. Yeah, it's very weird. Apparently he was, like, a fan, like, back before they even had a record deal. Uh, but, man, like, Sudden Death holds up for a song that was written by 18-year-olds. Which, uh, let's face it, that says a lot. That does not happen very yeah. often. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, speaking of, speaking of, uh... Bands doing weird things. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we can we talk about Whoosh by Deep Purple for for like thirty seconds? Absolutely, that's exactly as long as I want to talk about it. That's exactly how long I want to talk about it too. Um, so Deep Purple released an album called Whoosh, and it's you know Whoosh. I'm just gonna come out and say the symbol remains by Blue Oyster Cult was the better old people band this year. <laughs> I'm just, I, I will have to say, I'm very sad uh, that Deep Purple, I mean, because Deep Purple is without a doubt probably one of my favorite bands of all time, but man, they, I don't know what happened, but it is one of the blandest albums I may have ever listened to. Oof. It is definitely, yeah, it, it's... It, this, I want to rename the the album Oof as, as opposed to Whoosh. <laughs> it's, Oof. it's, uh... It's a good time, but I do recommend everybody listen to the song Throw My Bones. All I got is what I need. And that's enough as far as I can see. Why should I walk into the great unknown? I can sit here and throw my bones. I hear the future. Because there is something so much fun about hearing Ian Gillen, whose voice is very much showing his age. He just sounds like an old man now. Um, you know, singing words like, throw my bones. It's a good time for everyone. It's just a real shame that that video game song with the dragon didn't make it to this album. Yet again, Ian Gillen oh, just, just not yeah. giving the nod to the best song he's ever recorded. What... I always forget what it was called. Blue Dragon or something? 
Is that all it is, Blue Dragon? I never remember. Blue Dragon is the name of the video game. Eternity is the name of the song. Okay, gotcha. God, what a fucking jam. I mean, it legitimately kind of is. Is is the is the fun or weird part? I'm not sure. Any other just like quick shout outs? Um, well, uh, it, I, I another one I didn't write a whole lot about, but I I think is maybe deserving of a little bit more analysis. Uh, it's worth mentioning okay. that the Mountain Goats were not content to put out one album this year, as were many bands not content to put out one one album this year. We talked about Taylor Swift. Uh, they already they did their their first live album. It was live in the studio, but it was like the only live album they've ever done. And then they did Getting Into Knives. I think I know that exists. I'll be honest; I'm not sure I've ever listened to it. It's it's some solid dad rock. Okay. All right. I mean, that's kind of what I expect. Well, it's more dad rock than ever. I don't know if you've heard like as many candles as possible or get famous. Those are the two singles that led. I don't. But um, I don't. But there, so. John is embracing the. Uh, oh God! What were people fucking comparing it to? Jimmy Buffett. Uh oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Not, not in a bad way, in my opinion. But I I hear where they're coming from. But another band that put in the work this year. Uh, was one that we did talk about. Uh, we discussed Haunt with Mind Freeze, but then they put out a second album in June called Flashback. Wait, really? Yeah, they put I out a second that. album. Yeah. That Probably one's actually not on Spotify. Thing. I think that one they currently have is, like, oh. Bandcamp exclusive. Okay, I did not know that. That would, that would be why I never saw it then. It's, it's, it, if you liked uh, Mind Freeze, it's worth checking out. I will have to. All right. Okay, well, I just, I, I just sort of wrote a little bit about four albums here that I just think like might be worth mentioning just oh, because okay. they exist and they're interesting um, in their own ways. But we didn't get around to talking about them for various reasons. Sure. Um, sorry, because as, 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 as per usual, I kind of handled things a little differently than you did. That's fine. Uh, if you want to give me one and then I'll do some more filler and then you can give me another one and we'll just do, go like that for sure. a while. I mean, I don't have a ton to say about any of them, but they're just things that exist. So, uh, one... The album is called Robots from Outer Spain. It is by a man named Ben Woods, who is a very contemporary flamenco guitarist. And by that I mean, this is a guy who, among his discography, includes a flamenco Metallica cover album called Flametallica, and a flamenco Judas Priest cover album called uh, oh god, what's it called? Flametal Priest. So this is like a guy who his more flamenco albums are definitely like weird progressive rock, but they're led by a nylon string flamenco guitar as opposed to something else. Um, he's just kind of a goofy, weird dude who when he's not doing traditional flamenco music is doing this. Um, and I just think it's like... I. As far as his albums go, I don't think this would be like my, oh, if you need to listen to one Ben Woods album, it's going to be this one. Like, I'd say no. I, If you're into, like, if you're into heavy metal, listen to one of his metal cover albums. But this one's just kind of stupid and ridiculous, and it's kind of exactly, I don't know, it's kind of what he does, like I said. Um, I think the names of some of these albums, I think, will give you a little bit more of an idea. Things like... Laser Abduction. (laughs) 
or is this instrumental? Or, yeah, okay. or a assimilation concerto ode to Ingve. I love that. I, I was kind of like I was kind of like wondering what kind of lyrics is this guy writing, but it makes sense if it's all nope, instrumental because you can name it whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah. and it doesn't matter. So it, like, it really is just like it's basically weird progressive rock, but it's not electric guitar focused. It's nylon string flamenco guitar focused. But there's definitely like some heavy orchestration and some pretty wild drums. It's just kind of a fun mixture of things that I don't normally hear together, and I think he's just kind of an interesting dude. It's a it's a fun, bizarre little take on like it's, it's a fun new experiment on a genre that I think most people don't think of much at all. Honestly, I don't know how often you've ever listened to flamenco music, but I think that's kind of my point. I love them. They're such noble, majestic creatures. Japanese band. That's not what I said. Japanese band Boris put out album of the year for their effort no which appears to feature a u on the cover um and i just really want it to be called no u uh 10 out of 10 for the album title i think no takes a little long to get started uh the first track's like a really slow kind of drone piece once it gets fucking started though it is just like this really fun punk album which I don't know if you know much about Boris, but they are known for two things. Having a ridiculous output, like I think almost every year they put out an album. And trying completely new styles every album. They put out 26 albums since 1996, and they've... Holy hell! Right? And they've they've done stuff in Doom, Shoegaze, Drone, Shred Shit, Punk Shit, uh... None of this may come as a surprise to you once I tell you that they're named after a Melvin song. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but they're one of those bands where I could see you, like, loving one album, then hating the next. Uh, I think that I've sent okay you the track... Me. I'm into this. Yeah. I think I've sent you the track Riot Sugar before, which is from the... Uh, okay, it's from the album Heavy Rocks from 2011, but they also have another album called Heavy Rocks, and this one's frequently referred to as Heavy Rocks 2. Uh, but it's oh, like okay, kind of a great. doomy set. Hey man, it's ja- it's Japan. They can do whatever the fuck. Um, another band known for stylistic diversity called Over was a band that I was actually kind of like interested in making you review this one, but that's not how things happened this year. Uh, they put out okay. their twelfth album, Flowers of Evil. Uh, they're wild. They started off as a black metal band, and then they put out this acoustic instrumental folk album. Uh, then returned to black metal. Then started working in avant-garde electronica, then trip-hop, then ambient, and now they're in, like, an (laughs) 80s dark goth-inspired synth-pop type thing. Uh, To me, it sounds like Tears for Fears if they took being sad as seriously as Sisters of Mercy. Uh, Alright. And you might dig it. I'd say check out Russian Doll. I'm okay. I, I will add that to a list of albums to listen to because that just sounds. That's. I don't want to say like it sounds like a good time because it doesn't sound like a good time necessarily, but it does sound like a time that I want to have. 
one thing that I think that you would be very interesting for you. Uh, have you heard of Eson? I don't think so. He's known for a black metal band you may have heard of called Emperor. Okay, yeah, that I know who that is. As well as one called Thou Shalt Suffer. Uh, he also I don't know if I appreciates know. 80s synth pop. As you might hear by the fact that this year oh, no. he covered AHA's Man- Manhattan Skyline. Okay. On the second of two EPs he, EPs he released this year. The first one was much more metal. Uh, the first one was called Telemark, and it focuses on like the black metal aspect of his music. But yet also okay. has, a, has a cover of Iron Maiden's Wrathchild and also Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> okay. Rock and Roll is weird Dead, if you're curious. Dude, Esau's strange, and I love it. Uh, but the second one's called Pharos. It's not Pharos, because there's no H. Um, but this one, he he kind of combines the popular elements with just, like, heaviness and epic synths, but it's not quite going into, like, that crushing black metal stuff that you're going to hate. Um, okay. I mean, the guy added a horn section to Iron Maiden and then did black, vocals, black metal vocals over it. 10 out of 10. That's just what everyone needed, apparently. Just what we needed. Just what we needed. Uh, you were very thrilled what, this year when we covered Ailstorm, but you know who we didn't cover? Is who? their mortal enemies Gravedigger? Okay, I don't. Why are they? Why, I don't. I don't know who this is. Uh, Gravedigger. Do you know I know, know who this is? Yeah, we've seen them. They open for. Um, I was gonna say, are they the ones that we saw? Okay, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, are they the ones where they were like Excalibur? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay, yeah. I remember them. Years ago, they, mortal enemies. They played a fest with Ailstorm. And Ailstorm pissed off uh, Chris Boltendahl, which is the lead singer of Gravedigger, because they're, like, drunk partiers, and he's, an, he's like, an uptight teetotaler. Like, he doesn't like fun. Um, and he called them a rumple combo in the, in the press, which is, like, a German insult for a bunch of rowdy idiots. Uh, so on their, second, okay. on their second album, or, no, on their third album, they put out a song called Rumple Combo, which is, like, two seconds long, and it's credited to him. So he gets residuals every time that album makes a sale. That's, I will give them credit. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> but it's it's a fun album. You've heard Gravedigger. This has more great guitar work, more cheesy lyrics, more folk instruments. This yeah, one is a little bit more, this one's a little bit more fa- focused on like being Scottish themed because they're a Scottish band, but they got like bagpipes and war drums and all that folky stuff. But like still on top of like shreddy heavy metal and like, I think one was kind of doomy, but you get the idea. The mix felt yeah, a little I remember thin, having but, like, a lot of fun with them. We can't all be Blind Guardian. Yeah. I remember having a lot of fun with them, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. I totally forgot their name, but I'm okay with that. I love Gravedigger. Did you happen to listen to the Avatar album? Hunter Gatherer. Absolutely. Absolutely. How'd you feel about that one? Um, I f- here's, here's my problem. So, I feel that way the same way I feel about, I think, all of their albums is I don't like their production. I thought the production was a little I better th- this time. Well, it was better, but it's it's not that it's bad. It's too much. Oh, their live okay. album is so, so good. Their live album is stellar. They overproduce, and I don't like it. I think they lose a lot of their power and energy in the studio. That's fair. So it's a totally fine album. There's a few songs I remember going like, I want this, but I want this live. That's kind of how I feel about them in general. I just want them to be a live band. That's fair. You know, keep making new material, but like... 
well, you don't gotta, ruin it. Yeah, you got. Well, yeah, unfortunately. Well, I guess I was gonna say you gotta you gotta put out the album so that you know before you play it live. But I guess you could always do the Neil Young approach and just record the whole album on the tour. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm okay with the studio albums existing. I just don't think they're nearly as good as the live album. You can always just make Russ never sleeps. But, but you're right. I would be okay with. I is that really a thing Neil Young did? Yeah, Russ Never Sleeps was recorded like entirely on like it's all live, like it's really well produced live, but like yeah, out of the blue oh. into the black and all that stuff. Yeah, you know what? That didn't occur to me that like the version of that song that I know is a live version, and that like it never clicked with me like that I that I don't know a studio version of it. Honestly, yeah, that, I guess that... there probably is one out there, but like. No, that yeah, whole album right. was recorded live and then just kind of overdubbed in the studio. I don't think any of that material is on, like, a studio album. Oh, I did not know that. Interesting. Okay, I'm okay with that. I like that idea a lot. That's if what people, Avatar needs to do. If people listen to this, they would correct me in the comments. But they don't, so luckily we get to stay in our own echo chamber. I don't want to. Not that I'm going to sit here and fact check you, but like I would gladly somebody correct me whenever I'm wrong because I know I'm wrong frequently about things on here, so it's fine. Tell me about something else you listen to. Uh, Something else I listened to that I specifically did not make you listen to was Rare by Selena Gomez. Now we're going back to what I feel like episode one and two were when I was making you listen to pop music and you were like, listen to this thrash metal band. <laughs> uh, because this is Our like roots. the epitome of... This is this is just like pure pop music right here. Um, okay, so disclosure, I am not actually a Selena Gomez fan by, by any real stretch. This is only her third album and it's... I don't really have a whole lot to say about the first two. Not that I have a whole lot to say about this one either, actually. This one is definitely my favorite of the three, though. She's she's growing very well, I think. Um, just a few things to say about it, though. First off, there is so much bass in this album. It is so heavy and so high in the mix. Let me tell you that my car does not like this album. My car speakers rattle during half of this album. It is not okay with it. I literally have to, like, EQ my car to lower the bass when listening to this. Um, but it does have a few, a few, like, highlight tracks that, I don't know, certainly probably not things you're gonna be really into, but they've made it onto various playlists of mine. Um... There is a song called Let Me Get Me, which has this, like, real heavy bass groove, and it's, like, actually a fun and good one. And it's just one I love of a those good bass songs. Group. Yeah, and it's just one of those songs that, like, just the melody and the way she sings, the whole song is, like, really kind of sexy, except there's this thing. There's this noise that happens, which I am sending you a link. Uh, it happens... Around 54 seconds in, the link should start you there. Uh, and tell me what is happening in this, like, what is this noise?
Oh. Like, why did they, like, auto-tune a whale noise and put it in this song? It's so infuriating. It's, It's literally that noise that, like, people make when they're making fun of somebody who has, like, a mental handicap. It literally is that noise, and I don't understand why it's in this song. It is so frustrating. Because otherwise, I love this song. It would have been much more pleasant if they just put, like, a nice little Pac-Man sound in there. Ooh, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but ultimately, I think that's actually a really great song. There's also another song on here uh, called Dance Again, which is probably my favorite song on here. And quite frankly, it would be one of my favorite, like, dance pop songs of 2020 except for the fact that it is so severely outshined by future nostalgia by Dua Lipa, which we did talk about. Which is why I I didn't make you listen to this, because, like, this album doesn't do anything as well as future nostalgia. So there was really no point. I do love that album. Oh, oh, that is one of the best albums of last year, man. I remember when you made some sort of comment earlier this year about how you thought about sending me the new Selena Gomez album, but you thought it would be like, I think the phrase you used was like, not even, not even exciting enough for me to get mad about. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. I don't think it'd be even funny to make you listen to it because I think your response would be like, I don't know. It was fine. Like, Like it's not my kind of music. Your response would be like 15 minutes of of verbal shrug. Yeah, pretty much. I so like there was no point in me in me making you listen to this. Although I well, did enjoy it for what it was. I've listened to it quite a few times and like I said a few tracks on here did make it onto other playlists. I was not making you listen to this album though. Well, I have kind it of It was covered, just not worth it. I have kind of covered the stuff I like, so now I am getting into the stuff that I'm going to be verbally shrugging over. But I do have a few nods in these verbal shrugs uh okay. of of respect towards certain bands. Um, first off, Ensafirum uh, put out an album called Thalassic, which is really exciting to write about because I was starting to think that maybe I was just like a Yari fanboy, but they actually put out their best album in a decade. And wait, Yari is no longer a part of them, correct? Is that a no, thing? No, he, he left after their second album. Okay, that's what I thought. I, was like, I know that that's the band that he was in. But he had since left. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure I'm on I, the right page here. I really like the way that they just fucking embrace the fact that they should be um, a power metal and mellow death band uh, in ways that they normally didn't. They've really leaned into clean vocals more than I've ever heard them before. And they're not just, uh, it's not just like catchy choruses. Like they actually have, I think, better writing on this. And I'm here for it. And I'm ready for them to be good again. If this is the direction they're going in. Make Ensafirum great again. Don't do this to me. <laughs> you can edit me out. It's totally fine. Um, I was unaware that they released a new album, actually. because I mean, that being said, I, I don't really know much of them. But they're one of those bands that, like, 
I have enjoyed what I've heard, so I, I'm not. I'm certainly not offended. For a couple years, I mean, okay, they're one of those bands where you could like you could put on any one singular song and it's probably okay. But like yeah. for years, I've scrolled past their their new albums, just going, oh god, they aren't good anymore. Um, and I finally was just like, all right, let's let's see what they're doing. And I really enjoyed this one. And apparently. The reviews agree with me that this is like their best one in like ten years because I can very I, good for them. Up until this, I was listening to their newer shit and like even after Yari left, I liked the first like EP and album that they put out. They put out like an EP then an album. Um, and I'm just I've been sitting there like these this these are the fucking people that wrote one more magic potion. Like that song was fun. What is this fucking boring trash that they keep putting out? I gotcha. That's a shame. One that was disappointing for me, because it's a band that I keep wanting... It's, like, the opposite. I keep not liking them, but I want to. Because, like, it features members of, uh... Well, it features members of ISIS. I can say that. <laughs> uh, I mean... As well as Caven and Mutoid, Mutoid Man. I want to point out ISIS the band, not actual thank, my thank, ISIS members. Please. Thank you for making the clarification that needed to be made. But Old Man Gloom put out two albums, and, like, the more I listen to them, the more I just don't care, and I wish I liked them. But another band I can say that about is, uh, that brings me to Catatonia. And I'm not gonna praise... Okay. I'm not gonna praise City Bur Burials. Because, once again, I think they put out something fucking boring and terrible. But... God damn if Behind the Blood isn't the first song in decades that I will actually go back and listen to. Oh, wow. Okay. Behind the Blood is the only good fucking song on this album, but it sounds like... It reminds me of Ghost Shredded. Okay. Um, I, I, will I, not, okay. I would not be surprised if comparing Catatonia to Ghost went over with zero people, but fuck you people. That was the only song that was any fucking fun on this album. Props I mean, to them I, for writing one bop. I never... I never got Catatonia. I, I'm actually going to recommend you check out Only Behind the Blood. Okay. I can handle that. Because they have never impressed me in any way, shape, or form. Real quick, look it up and tell me if, if you're feeling that too. Okay, and you're thinking Behind the Blood is the name of the song? Behind the Blood, yes. And it sounds to me like if Ghost Shredded. Oh, already. Like I'm I'm 6 seconds in. Yeah. And I can see where you're coming from. Wow. Why is this like kind of interesting actually? This is a fucking bop. They wrote one bop on this boring piece of shit. I kind of skipped into the verse a little bit. Like I can I can I can see where you're coming from with that. With that yeah. comparison here, definitely. This is what I want them to sound like. Um too bad they don't. Yeah, no, too bad. Too fucking bad. Like remember I get, that time? This is actually this is actually one of those cases where I get offended when I know a band has the capability to do this kind of thing, but they keep writing bad shit. Aren't they the band that somebody uploaded um the film Begotten with their music as the background instead? Yeah. Okay. And I remember watching that and just like making the bad assumption that the music was some like 
Creative Commons generic. <laughs> like, that didn't occur to me that the music was from, like, an actual band. Well, that's, a, that's like, an just... interlude track on one of their albums, but yeah. But that's literally what I think of when I think of them. You know what? Like the that's the, the most standout thing I know about them was that they were that someone used their music for Begotten. You're right. Um, as we all know, the legendary band ACDC put out a new album, and it's called Satan's King. Did. And yeah. we all know that I'm not what? that I am actually talking about the band that is frequently referred to as Antichrist Demon Corps, but shortens it to ACDC, right? Uh, I was going to say, I have no clue what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> uh, but if you're not into satanic veganism or whatever the fuck, the other ACDC <laughs> that sucks uh, put out Power Up. And uh, I didn't really like either. But I will totally take the rock band ACDC over the hardcore band. Um, because hardcore is definitely one of those things where I can like appreciate a little bit. But like when all of your songs are a minute and a half of blast beats, you can just fuck off. Uh, and the ACDC song sound, album sounds like every other ACDC album, but some of the band members are closer to death than last time. I was going to say, the newest ACDC album is is enjoyable. I really dig it. Um, but like, like every ACDC album, you could make a playlist of all of them and it doesn't make a difference. There are there, nothing on... The only thing on this album that blows my mind is the fact that it somehow exists. Give this whatever rating you gave Rocker Bust and Black Ice because it's like it's not Highway to Hell, but it is ACDC. I wrote that paragraph just to do that ACDC. Uh, I fake I out, figured, and I hope you appreciate it. I I appreciate it very much. I'm very mad that that's what happened though. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know when I'll get to make that one again. So you know, I got to appreciate I, it once here. Know. God knows if it'll ever happen again. Chris, we need to talk about Deerhoof. Let's talk about Deerhoof. Do, do you know who Deerhoof is? I feel like I'm about to. You are about to. Uh, so, Deerhoof is one of those, like, alternative noise pop bands from the early 90s that bands like Nirvana seemed to have inspired in weird ways. Right. Um, so you're going to listen to just like 10 seconds of an old song by Deerhoof, uh, okay. which is right here. I have it skipping like 10 seconds in already because you don't really need to listen to the full intro here. But give this a moment. Okay. Panda, panda, panda. I fucking hate time signatures. <coughs> I dig it. This is, um... Did you get to, like, at least, like, 40 seconds in? There's 40. Yeah, no, I'd, this is... Okay. Uh, so, so welcome to Deerhoof. Um, I... Deerhoof are weird, needless I... to say. Yeah, yeah. So, they released their 15th album in 2020. Called it's not Future hard. Teenage... 
Good. I was I was gonna say it's not hard to knock them out when this is what they sound like. Yeah. So they released their fifteenth album called Future Teenage Cave Artists. Um, I am not an expert on Deerhoof, so like, I have been casually aware of them for years thanks to a web comic that I read called Questionable Content. They were referenced in like two thousand eight, maybe or something like that. Okay. Um. So thanks to this web comic that I read called Questionable Content, um. They were referenced years and years ago. So I've been very aware of who Deerhoof was for a long time. I own a few albums. I do not own the previous 14, though. So I can't really say how this compares to all of their stuff. But their newest album is, at least compared to Panda, Panda, Panda here, um, this is like the most clean, I want to say, sounding album. It's like also apparently somehow... Well, they've always written songs. So the thing is, they do that thing that sounds almost intentionally bad, I guess. I understand. But that. it's definitely experimental in that, like, right. they're, they're doing the weird stuff. They're using, like, really fizzy guitar tones. Things sound like they're falling out of time. But there the is songs a, are definitely still line. songs. There is a thin line sometimes between um, Frank Zappa and the Shags. Yeah, I was gonna say it's very. It very much reminds me of the Shags in that like, it sounds like it's wrong, but it was well rehearsed somehow. But there's still like definite song structure. Like it's it's the pop sensibilities are there. It is still yeah. definitely verse, chorus, verse, bridge, verse. You know, whatever. It's a song. Congratulations. Well, you know, um, even the Meat Puppets went from Meat Puppets 2 to, uh, fucking, what's that song called that's actually a song? Backwater? Backwater. I mean, but yeah, so, like, that's the kind of thing we're looking at here, is that weird era of experimental noise rock, you know, that, like, Sonic Youth were one of, like, the big people who really kind of, right. like, brought it out. Um... Yeah. I think this, however, I think this new teenage, or future Teenage Cave artist is kind of a really cool album. I don't really understand how it's supposedly a concept album, but apparently it is, I guess, in a loose way, maybe? Or maybe I'm just not smart enough to put it all together. I guess it is some kind of weird post-apocalyptic thing. I'm not really sure. Yeah, after, I after think the it's a cool album. are all going to be cave artists. Exactly. In actually, the I think that is... Teenagers. I think... I think that actually is kind of, like, kind of like the, the gist, idea. honestly. Okay. I think that's literally kind of the gist. At least that's kind of the gist of the, the, the title track, which I did send you if you want to skip around a little bit. But you it's did just send kind of me cool. It, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of, my eyes are drifting over here to Panda, 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 live in Tokyo. But I guess I'll try oh, it's this great. first. I unironically love the song Panda, Panda, Panda. I kind of ironically uh, love it, but I it's still I think that love is just as valid. I think it's just as valid to love no, something ironically. I unironically love it. It it went from like even though it's still on my playlists of like if somebody asks me for weird music, it's definitely yeah. in just like a you know what? No, I'm behind this. I'm totally behind this. I she's just screaming about pandas and I fully believe her when she says Panda, 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 bamboo. Like, I understand that. I just can't believe <laughs> that you're going to be this accepting of this and then just disregard Shonen Knife with their classic ramen bar, ramen bar, I want to go to a ramen bar or whatever the fuck. 
I think it's a matter of time and place when I first was introduced to Deerhoof. You got it, you got it. They're the Japanese Ramones. Kurt Cobain loved them. You know what? Kurt Cobain loved a lot of things that I don't necessarily agree with as well, so it's fine. They did a cover of Eat It. That's, and, I mean, And they took great. out the like, Michael Jackson part. That's, okay, that's actually perfect. What did they replace it with? Hold on, give me one second. I've, I've actually come to really be digging Shonen Knife now. They did a, uh, they did a cover of Eat It for Dr. Demento, and it's, like, on a mix... But like, rather than like the beginning being the the Michael Jackson part, yeah, it's smoke on the water. Oh my god! While I check out, uh, while I check out some new deer hoof, you can enjoy this for a second. Okay. I'm gonna be honest, Jeff. Yeah. Um, my inner like obnoxious, depressed indie boy fucking loves this. Okay, like it's a super cool album, and it still has that like we just learned to play our instruments yesterday vibe, but it still feels so intentional, and it's much just like it's overall just cleaner. This whole album sounds much yeah. cleaner than what I know of Deerhoof. Again, I might. There might be other albums in their discography that have this like kind of polish to them that I'm just not aware of. Well, what you do but is you start with this and you has go backwards. That. Yeah, but maybe. Um, my my obnoxious, uh, depressed indie sensibilities are digging this. It's a it's a cool album. I could just I wasn't I necessarily going to make you listen to it, but it's a cool album. No, I could just be intolerable to this for hours. <laughs> I like it. I don't know, man. It is definitely an album I listened to quite a few times. I could totally drink Starbucks in an indie record store and, and tell people that this is what I listen to all the time if I weren't in Slayer shirts all the time. Oh. Oh, yeah. This is definitely, like, if you want to look... If you want to look pretentious, you have to just be like, oh, yeah, Deerhoof's my favorite band. Oh, yeah. Um, It's definitely, like, in that indie world of... I know an artist that you don't know. I'm right. going to go listen to Pavement and cry that they don't exist anymore. Like, it's in that <laughs> realm of music. Oh, yeah, Deerhoof sold out <sighs> by continuing to exist. I forgot about that. Yeah, exactly. Like, how dare they release more than three albums and not call it quits? <laughs> um, My Dying Bride were not satisfied with you only attacking them once this year, and they put out an additional three-song EP called Macabre Cabaret. Okay. Uh, although one of the songs is a ten is a solid ten minutes long, but I thought this EP had a lot more going on than Ghost of Onions. Um, it's not. It, I would still direct a first time listener to one of their earlier albums, but I kind of wish that Ghost of Onions had a little bit more of this going on. <laughs> Ghost of Onions. I'm so sorry. I was not prepared to hear that again. <laughs> I'm rolling with it. Uh, <sighs> wow. Tombs put out some stuff I thought was really good. Uh, Macabre. Just things that you would hate. They're a thrash metal band that write about serial killers. Um, Awful. It was made for you to hate it, but I really dig yeah, like, their dark quirkiness. It's very Mr. Bungle sometimes. 
before I go into the last one, because I feel like it's probably one of the ones that you may have wrote about, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to get into? I mean, I have I have two more short little bits here about albums, like two different albums. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. Um. So Seth MacFarlane did it again. He okay. released an album called "Great Songs from Stage from Stage and Screen." Okay. Which is as as is typical with him. This is his, I think, sixth album now of adult contemporary big band swing crooner, whatever you want to call like the Frank Sinatra style of music. Um, yeah. It's just another fun compilation, basically, of like great American songbook songs. Um, which, as always, Seth MacFarlane sort of proves that he's like actually an avid listener of this. By picking some lesser known songs, he's not literally just singing like Sinatra's top ten songs and calling it a day. Yeah. He's picking songs that most people don't really think much of. At least sometimes. There's a couple, you know, big big numbers here and there that, of mm-hmm. course, he's going to do. They're not. Um, they're not the ones that are that are known on the best ofs necessarily. Yeah, he's he's not just releasing different versions of "Fly Me to the Moon" on every album, you know, which is what like if you're like a entry level to this kind of music is what you would do. No, so not, or McFarlane so definitely is a, an avid fan of this, so he's he's really picking songs that he obviously loves. And as always with his albums, the arrangements are really great without being without being crazy. They fit in the style so well. You could put Seth McFarlane's albums in a playlist with Tony Bennett and Frank Sinatra and in like a non-avid listener would have no idea that they were sometimes listening to the dude from Family Guy. Don't listen for those bells for love is only love and if it's love you find He is honestly very good. He's great. Potentially, I like his music work better than his his uh, animation work. I one hundred percent like his music work better than his. And don't get me wrong, like as as someone who at various points in time has been a very avid Family Guy watcher, um, no, like I love him for his music so much more. I absolutely have spent more time listening to his albums than I ever have watching his shows. Although the Orville's pretty funny. I have heard as that. A Star I Tre- seen that one. As a Star just... Trek fan, the Orville's pretty funny. I'm one of those people who's like, man, Family Guy was really funny before they canceled it and they came it back and it was just reference humor and I'm not into it as much. Yeah. Uh, and I and and that's like that's like fine enough, but then they gave him two more shows of the exact same shit. I'm sorry, give me an American Dad or Cleveland show joke that wouldn't have just worked in Family Guy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, Ted uh, is just adult Stewie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. They're all, inc- they're, they're, they're all the same show. Um, and I don't think it's really much of a secret that McFarlane is very much done with them. He, he's basic. He's like 
he's a voice actor and he's, I guess, maybe a producer for the shows these days. I don't really know. Probably. But, like, he is so obviously checked out. That is yeah. not his world anymore. I, I understand that near there. the end he was doing it to fulfill co- contractual obligations. It's just like, mm, man, not into what you're doing for the money. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to rank Seth MacFarlane's work. You ready? Yeah. In, in last place is almost all of his, uh, like, animation stuff. Uh, bronze medal is like the first like two seasons of Family Guy. Silver medal is um, his musical work, and gold medal is calling out Harvey Weinstein at an award show. <laughs> um, I mean, okay. So in all fairness, I think the best thing he has he's ever done outside of his albums is actually the one time he was singing. Um, he was on was it the Graham Norton show? And he was singing Cindy Lauper songs randomly in the voices of Stewie and Peter Griffin. That might actually and sound fun. That, that sounds fun. might be one of the greatest things I've ever seen, just because he just adds their personalities to the songs, and it's just beautiful and stupid. But I just have to throw this out there. I mean, I think this is a great album if you're into that kind of music. This is just another one that, like, of course, you have to throw this in there. It's it's right. it's it's pretty lighthearted and fun. Um, one of his last albums called Once in a While is um, a much more, let's say, emotionally driven album, whereas this is just great songs from great songs from stage and screen. It's just a good time. You you can't you can't not be happy listening to this one. Okay, so can I just go out on a limb and assume the last one that you did was Chris Cornell? No, no. Okay, no. Did you listen no, to Chris if, Um, I did. I did. I don't. I like just really listened to have... it the other night. Well, it's only been out for like a month or whatever. It hasn't been around for that long, right? Really? I thought out? it was a couple months. I thought it was like October oh, or something. Maybe but I could be. I don't a fucking know. Maybe it was. It, it, it. Oh my god! See, like here's the problem. I don't. I have nothing bad to say about it necessarily. Okay, it but it's like as. But, like, as far as Chris Cornell albums go, like, it's not one of my favorites, and I don't want to, like, criticize a song by one of my... Or I don't want to criticize an album by one of my favorite artists of all time who is now dead. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I don't love this album. And my favorite tracks on it were tracks that we... That you... Like, were tracks that I knew, like, from, like, Patience off of it was released as a single a while ago. Yeah. And there are numerous recordings of him singing Nothing Compares to You, especially the one with his daughter actually singing and they superimposed his voice in the background. If you want to make me, like, totally lose all of the moisture in my body in tears, just put that one on, because it is one of the saddest things I've ever heard in my life. I think it's a, I think this is a totally fine album, but nothing on it really blew my mind this is in my mind this is like not you know i can agree with that i i I mean i thought it was really good too uh but i also i didn't have a lot to say about but i thought i kind of thought you would i kind of thought this would be more your style uh the one thing that i'm going to say is that get it while you can is almost a great cover of a bad song except for the repeating synth line throughout the whole thing what what do you mean what is it what What get it while you can the opening track Yes, yeah, say that again. I don't know if I, I don't know if I understood your sentence. 
the the uh, I thought it was almost a really good cover of a song that I don't like, except for the awful repeating synth line throughout the whole thing. Oh, okay. I actually do not know the original, so I don't. It's it's Janis Joplin. Okay, I did not know that. You can make assumptions based on it being Janis Joplin. I don't particularly like Janis Joplin. There um, you go. But I mean, like, okay, so like, did the ball we're talking about Chris Cornell? Let's let's just let's just like clear the air here and throw this out there. Um, I can rank my favorite Chris Cornell projects pretty easily. Yeah, Soundgarden, aside from like I'd say maybe fifteen songs, is my least favorite work he's ever done. I know that's what most people know him for. I'm not a huge Soundgarden fan. I think Soundgarden really shined through on their singles, and I think the rest of it was just not up to what I want from them. Because, before I ever really listened to Soundgarden, I was already a fan of Audio Slave and Chris Cornell's 1999 album Euphoria Morning, which was, at least at the time, my favorite work he's ever done. Anyways, thanks for coming to the last episode of the podcast. That's oh, true. because Soundgarden, because yeah, I'm not a fan like of Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Yeah, I, I, sure. I don't like Soundgarden, but like, when given the opportunity to go I'm see gonna... Soundgarden, my response was, I already saw Chris Cornell in my favorite setting, which was him with an acoustic guitar singing songs for two hours and being incredible. Being completely honest, I'm a big fan of Bad Motorfinger and Super Unknown, and like, the, and the that's two about later it. ones... And the two later ones and the two um, earlier ones are, if I could uh, steal a phrase, are ultra-mega-okay. Exactly. Exactly. I think his solo albums are incredible. Um, even though I know a lot of people really ripped on the album Scream. <clears throat> yeah. Because it's like the one with, it's like all electronic music. Um, I adore that album. I think that album is so cool, and it was such an interesting departure from anything else he'd ever done. And then, of course, Songbook, which is the live album that I saw him on tour during, um, where it's him, an acoustic guitar, and he's just going for it and telling stories and singing songs, and it is just incredible. And then, of course, to peak all of it was Temple of the Dog. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like, I mean, without a doubt, without a doubt, Temple of the Dog is is really what, like, made me a Chris Cornell fan. It's what sold me that, like, I don't know who this guy is yet, but this guy's brilliant. It's absolutely incredible. But, yeah, I mean, the new one is, is, is... First off, the title makes me sad. No one sings like you anymore just makes me sad. So I do have a question if you if I don't know if you um have this information or if this information isn't out there. Um, okay. This has been like marketed as his last album, right? Yeah. But volume 1 implies a volume 2. So is this like a name that was planned before he passed away or is that implying that there's going to be a volume 2? I don't think I realized it was called volume 1. Oh. Hey, it's called Volume 1. I it's called have, No I've One ne- Sings Like not... You Anymore Volume 1, apparently. Did not know that. I have no idea then. I, I have not looked into it, honestly. Okay. So, that's a darn good question. I do not have the answer to that. 
You know what? On Spotify, it is only called No One Sings Like You. I'll just say, like, I, I only know it on Spotify, on, honestly, so I, I don't really know. Okay. Interesting, because it's, on Wikipedia, it's it's marketed as Volume 1. And on I... other review sites, I'm seeing, like, Volume 1. So I don't know if that's... I don't I don't know what the implication is here. I do not know either. Anyway, tell me about your last pick. Uh, so my last pick actually is totally like this is another one that like no you you have no clue what the hell this is um it's just one that like i need to i need to reference because i have listened to it so much it would not be fair of me to not at least reference the fact that this exists it is called and please pardon my spanish because i do not speak spanish una guitarra y mil historias which I think translates to something like A Guitar in a Million Stories. It is a album by classical guitarist Paula Hermosin. Again, I apologize. I'm not really sure if that's how she says her name or not. I do not speak Spanish. So this is basically, for the most part, it's just an album of classical guitar music. Uh, Paula runs a YouTube channel that I love. She's a wonderful, wonderful performer. She does a lot of just like... Just, like, random little videos of her playing, basically. She also has a great voice, which she doesn't use nearly as much on this album. But we're going to play a little game here. I'm going to oh send you... I'm going to send you... Games. This one's just going to be kind of fun. I'm going to send you the, the, the link, the Spotify link to this. Okay. And um, just by the names of the, of the tracks, do you know what any of these are? Because there's a few that you know. But I want to see if you recognize them by name. Yes, we wish you a Merry Christmas for guitar. Surely that is not the only one you recognize by name. Yeah, happy birthday for guitar. Okay, do you recognize anything else? There's 18 tracks on here. There's at least one more that you definitely know by name. Is Carmen like the actual Carmen? That Okay, that is one of them. I was wondering if you would, if you would recognize that. Do you know what Habanera is? Maybe. You do. Turn it on for a second. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Okay, so you recognize this. Yeah. And then I'm sure you also That's... know the last track. I kind of just know, like, I just kind of know it as, like, the Carmen song. Yeah, it's, yeah, the Carmen song. That's good enough. And then you also, like, the last track is The Entertainer, which you definitely know yeah. if you don't recognize yeah, it by the Entertainer. Okay, so we're going to play a little game here, because there's, okay. there's... A couple others on here that you definitely do know, but you probably don't know by name, and there's a reason I'm making you do this. Okay. Um, play the first track, Grand Vols. It'll take you about 15 seconds, I bet, to recognize it. Okay, I don't know what this. I don't know what this is called, but I know I recognize it. Do you know why you recognize it yet? Hold on. I want to see how it clicks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. God, I know what it is. What is it? It's the Nokia ringtone. So it's the piece is called Grand Vols, and it was written by Francisco Torrega, who was one of like the he basically created the classical guitar as we know it. Like the the classical okay. guitar repertoire basically starts with him. Um, so that, and I want you to put on track seventeen, is another one that I you don't know by name. I'm also not going to say it because I don't really know how to pronounce it. La Donna e, La Donna e Mobile. Yeah, sure. Play that one. You will also recognize this one, too. Okay. okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> 
Um, bum, 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 exactly. It's it is like if you are an American and you stereotype people because we do. Um, that song makes you want to cook pizza because, yeah. as far as most people are concerned, that song is the Italian national anthem. Yeah. Um, it is obviously not. So the reason I made you do this is because I think this album is a great introduction to classical guitar because there's at least a handful of tracks that are at least very recognizable to people, even if you don't really know what it is. There's that level of familiarity, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that I think it's just a, it's a well-performed album by someone who I who their work I otherwise really respect. I just think it's a really great... This is definitely, like, Baby's first classical guitar album. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's beautiful it's a, that. It's a fair starting point. It's a great starting point. Because, again, like, there is just that familiarity level to it. And quite frankly, I bet you might recognize a handful of other tracks on here as well. Um, but I'm not going to, like, sit and make you listen to them. That's fine. I just had to, I just That's had fun. to recognize it. I did listen to this album quite a few times. Um, I am a Patreon supporter of her because she's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's. I just had to throw I listen to. I don't know about you. I threw on Dark Tranquility a couple times near the end, but didn't write anything. But it was good. Um. Do you want me to just give you some albums that came out and you can just review them despite not listening to them? Wait. What? 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 I don't. You just said. Do you want me to just throw some albums that came out that we didn't listen to and you can review them despite not listening to them? Sure. Uh, Power Man 5000, The Noble Rot. Uh, I, I told... Wow. The, the fact that they still exist, I, I just had no idea. is kind of funny to me, actually. That's how I felt, too. 10 out of 10. West Borland, The Astro Hand. Okay. I, how was the Again, new West Borland I, album? Do you think I listened to West Borland's new album? No, that was the point. You didn't listen to them review them. I know. Uh, Jeff Scott oh, Soto, Wide I... Awake. Okay, but like that might actually be good. I don't know. We're going to find out. I might yeah. have to give that a shot. Um, he is definitely one of the ones, like, he's sometimes really good, and sometimes he's just, like, kind of boring. Yeah, Devil Driver, Dealing with Demons. I'm not expecting good things from that. I'm going to give that a 2 out of 10. Okay, uh, Deftones, Ohms. Well, as we discovered when we did our new metal retrospective, I actually really like them, so I don't know. I might have to actually give that a shot. That episode's still not out yet. It will come out someday, I promise. Um, oh, wait, really? I don't... Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? No, oh, that's funny. I really, I, I really was having some issues editing it, and I'm going to get back to it some, one of these Totally days. fine. I'm not worried about it. I don't care what goes on. Mushroom Head, A Wonderful Life. Again, that actually might be worth giving a shot, but I didn't. Uh, Lamb of God, self-titled. I'm not gonna like that. Okay. I did enjoy them live. They right? are fun live. They, right? I, think, I, think I enjoyed them, fun. didn't I? Yeah. They opened yeah. for somebody. Yeah. You know did who they, they opened open for? Slayer? For Slayer? They did, but you know who else they opened for? But Behemoth put out a forest. I have the vaguest memory of thinking Behemoth were like, I don't know, man. There's that world, there's that certain world of metal where they look like they're trying so hard to be taken seriously, but I just think they look like clowns. And Behemoth were definitely in that realm. We'll do, we'll do two more. Marilyn Manson, We Are Chaos. I refuse. There's no way ten, that's then. any good. No, there's no way that's any good. Oh, no way that's any good. Okay, zero out of ten. Um, Nightwish, Human to Nature. I will give that a shot. Did you see... Did you see their announcement, like, a week ago? 
No. Maybe two. Uh, let me get a good headline for you. Okay. Bassist and vocalist Marco Hiatala has announced he is leaving the symphonic metal band Nightwish. You know what? I actually did see that. Uh, I... Uh, man. That sucks. Man, what a loss that is. Huge. Like, some people were complaining when they lost uh, Tarya. N- yeah. No. No. This is the loss that I think is really going to shake things up and change them. Oh, man, that's one so more, sad to one me. One more for the road. One more okay. for the road. What the Dead Men Say by Trivium. That just sounds awful. It does. That just right. sounds that's it. frustratingly that's... awful. <laughs> that's 2020. We We survived one year. Let's do exactly that again. Because we all loved it. Let's not do exactly that. Let's hope that 2021 is significantly different in many, many ways.